0: This is the the Fat Boy's Fantasy Fantasy Podcast Podcast Show, hosted by
1: Bo Finley
0: and Brant Walker. Welcome back to the Fat Boy's Fantasy Podcast. And today we're going to break down uh, some rookie running backs incoming um, for this year's draft class. Um, I think we're looking at mainly a top 12 is what we're going to break down. Um, I, I guess we just start right there at the top. Um, and uh, I'm pretty sure we we're probably neck and neck with one and two. I think they're 1A and, one, or and, and 1B and pretty much.
1: Before we do, though, free agency is in full swing, and there has been some moves that, are, that are, have fantasy impact that need to be discussed. Uh, there are several linemen signing different places that are going to make impacts on your running backs that you own. Um, we will do a full recap of fantasy once or of, of free agency once it's over with. Um, number one, the biggest news was uh, John Ross signed a one-year deal with the New York Giants, uh, former first-round pick for the Cincinnati Bengals, signed a deal with the – no, not number one. Okay, number one is uh, Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry both going to the New England Patriots, which is definitely a head-scratching move for both of those two guys. Um, maybe, uh, not something that makes you very happy if you're a, a dynasty owner of either one of those two players, um, Philip Dorsett and, uh, Carlos Hyde are both signing with the Jags and Corey Davis signed a three-year deal with the New York Jets. Uh, Aaron Jones obviously re-signed with the Packers. Um, but other than that, fantasy relevancy, there's not been a lot, a lot of the wide receivers and running backs haven't signed yet. I know Leonard Fournette's getting close to either signing with the, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers or, uh. Walker, Seattle Seahawks. I'm sure Walker will be the first in line to order a Fournette jersey when he signs. God no. Um, but that is a quick on. Oh, oh, you put of glass
0: your... knees on the back.
1: <laughs> that is a uh, quick recap of some of the fantasy relevant free agency signings to this point. So yes, yeah. um,
0: good I... job, Jacksonville. Way to just take everybody from Seattle. That's off sweetie. with Oh, Carlos Hyde is that's a that's a decent uh, fantasy relevant. Signing there in Jacksonville because oh, he may be taking some snaps. From I named me. Carlos Hyde. I'm sorry. I'm still in. I'm still. In. You want me? To, you
1: want me to say Shaquille Griffin went went there? Is that no, what you? I don't.
0: To I want to puke everywhere.
1: All right. Well, anyway, running backs.
0: Um,
1: this class is not as deep with an upper level of talent that last year's rookie running back class was, um, but this is a very deep class in running back as far as possible possible NFL talent and possible. NFL uh, starter upside. I think the top three, four guys maybe um, can come in and be starters pretty early on in their career. Um, some of the other guys are going to need some things to happen to line out right for them. Um, but nonetheless, um, Walker, I, I, you you started us on this episode, so if you want to hit us first with your number one, uh, and we'll break it down from there.
0: My number one is uh, Najee Harris. Uh, he's he's six foot two, two hundred thirty pounds. He's twenty three years old. He's coming from Bama. Um, he had 638 attempts in his college careers, 3,843 yards, 46 rushing touchdowns. He had 80 receptions, 781 yards and 11 receiving touchdowns. He runs hard through tackles. He's got good size. Um, he, he, he was a, he had to, uh, sit behind, uh, Josh Jacobs and, uh, Damian Harris in his first couple years there. He's a big downhill runner. And, but he, one of his cons is that he had a lot of uses in, in college, um, I mean, his breakout year was, in. and technically I would I would classify it as 2019, he played in 13 games. He had 209 attempts total, uh, 1,224 yards, 20 total touchdowns. That's catching uh, catching and rushing, and 304, 304 receiving uh, yards. So, I mean, Najee Harris, he's just a big guy. He's just overall going to be uh, – I think he's going to be instantly inserted in and be a workhorse running back uh, wherever he's drafted. Uh, there's a lot of running back needy teams out there that uh, he definitely could be going to. Um, I, I classify him, just the way he runs with his power and his lowering of the shoulders and initiating contact, he looks like a Marshawn Lynch when he was in Seattle, but he has got a lot better hands than Marshawn Lynch ever did.
1: Yeah, um, Najee is going to be a guy that comes in, and a lot of people are going to salivate over. Um, definitely had some question marks early in his collegiate career um, about whether or not, uh, he, he was going to be a good pass catching back. He definitely got a lot better his senior year. Um, one thing that's a little concerning to me, um, with Najee is you look at Naje and you look at where he played, um, what's Bama known for, uh, Bama's known for having, and turning out a ton of NFL, uh, caliber offensive linemen. Um, so essentially Najee Harris was running behind a, an NFL line this year. And, um, in his career he still only averaged six yards per carry which is pretty low compared to most of these other running backs we're going to talk about um one good thing that i did like to see from Najee is he had 9.8 yards per catch so a little bit better production um, through the air for him than uh, on the ground um, i've got a couple good fits for Najee. Um, the best fit for, for me in my mind is, is pittsburgh Uh, Pittsburgh's kind of a nitty gritty team. They like to run the ball hard down your throat. And, uh, at least in his first year, if he goes there, uh, Ben Rollsberger does really well with, with facilitating the running backs out of the backfield. Uh, another, another good fit I have for him is the Dolphins
0: and the Atlanta Falcons. I love it. I love the Dolphin fit. I think the Dolphins or Pittsburgh probably make the most sense with him. Just the Dolphins need a good hard runner. I know they were interested in Aaron Jones before the re-signing of Aaron Jones over there in Green Bay. Um, so, yeah, definitely. Um, another spot that I don't 100% like, but I could see him going is Buffalo. They don't have a horse running back. Sure. So, I definitely could see Buffalo maybe taking a stab at him. Or if Tampa Bay happens to lose Leonard Fournette to Seattle, maybe Tampa Bay takes a stab sure. at him. Sure.
1: Um, so, before we move on to the number two guy, we, I must say that uh, you did mention a 1A and 1B. Najee Harris is my 1B. Uh, I still have Travis Etienne as the head at
0: the head of this class, um, which is funny because down here in my notes, I have, in a PPR league, I think Etienne would be my one uh, A. So, so most
1: people uh, in today's fantasy world, most people, I would say the vast majority, probably seventy percent, are in PPR formatted leagues. Correct. Um, and I, I do believe that Travis Etienne is a little bit more well-rounded as a pass catcher. Um, so uh, ETN's my, my number one. He's five foot 10, 205 pounds, a senior out of Clemson. Uh, he did benefit from three year, or two years of with Trevor Lawrence. Um, he had 686 attempts, 4,952 yards, 7.2 yards per carry, 70 touchdowns. Uh, receiving, he had 102 receptions for 1,155 uh, yards, 11.3 yards per, per catch. And Eight touchdowns. The big thing that I really love about ETN that I believe he has a leg up on Najee is ETN is a little bit quicker, he's going to have more breakaway speed. Um, Najee broke away a decent amount in college, um, but he's not going to have linebackers that run four 340s chasing him down, right? Um, where I think ETN will have a little bit more success with that than uh Najee uh etn i have got etn's best fits which are they're both kind of gross in my mind but i think he'd, he'd do well there is the new york jets and the arizona cardinals um are both two teams that i think he would do really well at uh the dolphins would be another team i'd throw in there for etn
0: i think another good spot would be san francisco would be a good spot just i think uh shanahan will get him out in space and and he likes some gadget guys so i think travis etn would be a good fit there um he may have to share the backfield at least for one more year with more uh Raheem Mostert, but I think uh, San Francisco would be a nice fit for Travis Etienne. Um, so we got a little bit of different diff- diff-
1: matter of opinion, if you, if you will. I don't think either one of us are, are upset with one, two on either one of these guys. It just depends on more so your preference. Obviously, I'm more um, – if you look at my roster as a whole uh, in our Dynasty League, I went more pass-catching backs. You went more ground-and-pound running backs. Um, so, you know, our preference is kind of different a little bit here, but I think we're both on the same page with these two, both being the top of the class by pretty much far and away. Um, and I think we both agree on the number three overall as well.
0: Yeah, we got uh, Javonta Williams out of North Carolina, five uh, foot 220 pounds. He's 21 years old. Um, he had 366 total rushing attempts for 2,297 yards, 29 touchdowns. He had 50 catches, 539 yards, and four touchdowns. Now, he did he, – he, his breakout was this year of 2020. He had 157 attempts, 1,100 yard or 1,140 yards, 22 total touchdowns. He had 25 catches and 305 yards uh, through the air. Um, so, he did share it in a committee with um, – with another running back that we'll hit on here shortly. Uh, so Williams here, he's got good hands. He's a, he, he seems like a power back watching some of his films. Uh, he gets great yards after uh, contact, and he shows very good uh, quickness. Uh, he's got – I mean, he's got a lot of power behind him, but once again, he had to share it. Uh, so, I mean, he's coming from a running back uh, by committee, so that's where I think he's probably going to wind up back in. Um, a good place for him would be uh, the New York Jets possibly – um, in a rebuild mode, have him share it with the Michael P. Ryan, who's not the greatest of running backs, um, maybe bring in a veteran to help uh, mentor him to get him a little bit better. Um, but, yeah, I think I think uh, Williams will find himself in, uh, getting drafted probably somewhere in the second round. Um, he could also end up in a place like Washington to be the one-two punch with uh, Antonio Gibson back there.
1: Yeah, I, I think Javante Williams ends up being an Atlanta Falcon Um I'm not really sold on uh, Javante Williams quite as much as a lot of other people are. Um, there's several other names on my um, running back board, but if we knew where teams were going to be already um, and where players were being drafted, uh, I'm not sure Javante Williams will be in front of some of these other guys um, just because the sample size is so small. Um, but, uh, I, I've got Javante Williams as, as being a good fit in Atlanta. Arthur Smith came out and said he wants the Falcons to be a running back by committee, going to use a lot of different looks in, in the backfield. Um, could be a good place for him to come in and, and get his NFL legs underneath of him. I've also got the Dolphins as being a, as, a, as another team that would be a, a good fit for Javante. Um, you know, Javante. His most impressive thing to me is he does. If you watch film, he does look like a bruising back. Um, he, he, one thing he's got to work on is staying on his on his feet with when he gets hit. Um, but what really impresses me is that he averages 10.8 yards per catch. Um, so when he gets the ball in his hands and on a passing play, he he, he picks up first downs, uh, and that's that's pretty incredible to see. Um, so yeah, I, I I've got Javante Williams at three, but it's it's iffy for me if he stays there. Um, At four, uh, I think this is one we're both unanimous on as well. It's Kenneth Gainwell, the 5'11", 195-pound sophomore from Memphis. Um, Gainwell is a little smaller than you'd like him to be. Maybe you'd like to see him put on a little bit more more mass. Um, Ran 235 times for 1,550 yards, 6.6 yards per carry, 14 touchdowns. Uh, 57 receptions for 662 yards, 11.6 yards per reception. Added another three touchdowns uh, in the air. Um, again, pretty, pretty all around, well rounded. Just a little small. I think if he was the same size as Najee um, and and had a little bit more body of work, you might see him up up in the top three. Um, but I, I, I've got Kenneth Gainwell. Um, this one stuck out in my mind. That was the best fit, and it, it was it was hard to get me off of it. I think he'd be a great fit in Seattle.
0: Yeah, I mean, he could be. Yeah. Uh, well, with Gainwell, he sat out of the 2020 season. He lost uh, multiple family members to COVID, um, so he only had technically one year as a starter there in Memphis, and that was in 2019. Um, so, I mean, he's very fast and he's very explosive. Um, so I mean, he could be he could be a good fit there in Seattle. I know we go normally, typically later in the draft, which are bang up backs. But uh, yeah, you're yeah, gonna have
1: lots of draft picks after you trade Russell, though.
0: Yeah, okay, that only gets us one for this year. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll see if Seattle even takes a running back. It looks like we may be signing Leonard Fournette. Um, so, but yeah, so my number five back, um, I think we differ just a little bit. Uh, my number five back is Kalen Hill at uh, a Mississippi state he was 5 foot 11 214 pounds 22 years old uh, he had 452 total rushes 2535 yards 16 touchdowns he had 67 catches 631 yards and six total touchdowns. Um, he has, he has great catching catch ability. He only played one game in 2020, and he's got great field vision. His breakout year was in 2018 here. He had 117 attempts, 734 yards, eight, touch, t- eight total touchdowns, 22 catches on 176 yards. Kellen Hill, he runs, like I said, he runs fast. It, he's, he, he's a great pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, he's one of those guys that I think, and like you said, this is a deep running back class. Maybe not your deep three-down backs. Uh Kylan Hill here. I think will come out and and could possibly be a great third down back to start his career and see where he goes from there.
1: Yes, Kylan Hill will definitely. Kylan, Hill. Definitely my belly will. will be. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of, of Kylan Hill, um, and and my five and six really were kind of toss ups for me. Um, Kylan Hill is a is a guy that I think is gonna is gonna grow into a very well rounded running back. I'm not sure you'll ever see him be a three down back in the NFL. Um, but definitely a guy that could come in and be a first or a second down guy, change of pace guy. Um, another another good landing spot I've got for him is Atlanta, uh, and he could be also be a good fit in Pittsburgh if Pittsburgh decides to wait on, on running back and go a little later. A um, little concerning to me uh, that he only averaged 5.6 yards per carry. It's pretty low. Um, but then again, he did play in the SEC where he was playing Alabama defenses and Georgia defenses and Florida defenses. Um, I... I, I I really don't have any a ton of knocks on Kylan Hill. I am I am pretty high on him, um, but he's he's number six on my board. At number five, I have Michael Carter, uh, the other side of that two-headed monster there in North Carolina. And the reason I put Michael Carter at five is because I felt like it was disrespectful to have Javante Williams at three without his running mate being in the in the uh, same spectrum here. Uh, Michael Carter is a five-foot-eight, one hundred and ninety-nine-pound senior from North Carolina. 514 attempts, 3,403 yards, 6.6 yards per rush, 22 touchdowns, 82 receptions, 656 uh, yards, eight yards per reception, and six touchdowns. So his stat line really is the touchdowns are a little less, but everything else is better than what you're getting from Javante Williams. um, As far as stats go, Uh, he averages more yards per carry um his his yards per catch are a little lower but he hasn't had more touchdowns there um mike michael carter is going to be another one that he's he's going to end up in a in a system and it's going to have to be a running back by committee um i'd like michael carter and he'd be another one that i wouldn't mind in seattle uh i wouldn't mind him for the jets or the arizona cardinals to be a a two-headed monster with with uh Uh, Chris Edmonds, or Chase Edmonds, excuse me.
0: Michael Carter, he's a quick back. He uses a lot of his quickness to rip off big chunk plays. So it would be a great change of pace back for any of these other teams that need another back to maybe just let their team get a little rest Mm -hmm. or anything else. Um, So, yeah, Michael Carter I have at number six. Uh, Number seven, I have uh, Trey Sermon uh, from OSU. Um, He was six foot tall, 213 pounds. He's 22 years old. He transferred. He transferred from – Uh, He transferred to Ohio State, and he was hurt in the national title game. So we didn't get – and he shared the backfield with – Master Teeth. Master Teeth. So we didn't get – you saw him in a committee. Uh, He had a big breakout game against Northwestern that really put him on the map a lot more. Um, He had 455 total attempts for 2,946 yards, 26 touchdowns, 48 catches for 486 yards and three touchdowns. So maybe his catches aren't all there for a a running back out there, but he's definitely – He's definitely a guy that can get out there and possibly once again be able to change the pace back and maybe work his way into a starter in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I, I don't really have necessarily an ideal landing spot for Trey Sermon. I, it'll be a name that I, um, I I look for. I think he's a guy that you're going to get in the third, third late, second, early third round of rookie redrafts and Dynasty. Um, and it's it's all going to be based – when you're if you're drafting running backs that late, you're drafting based on fit. Um, if he ends up someplace where he's going to have a chance to be a, a day one starter – Um, you you draft him there. But if he goes someplace similar to, um, you know, Dallas or something like that where they've already got some guys in front of him, you may back off. Um, I actually have Chuba Hubbard at at number uh, seven Uh, and and Chuba is a guy that I really like Uh, six foot, uh, six foot, even 208 pounds, a junior from Oklahoma state played a couple games this year and then sat out due to injury. Um, The big thing that's alluring to me about Chuba is prior to the start of the season this year, Chuba was the number one running back um, on, on most people's boards. And he, he slid because of the injury and his performance this year wasn't nearly as good as it was the year prior. Um, but, but he had in 2019, he had a 2,000-yard uh, campaign, which is outstanding. He led, he led the NCAA
0: in rushing up, up till the last month of the season. Yeah, there.
1: it's outstanding. Um, 585 attempts, 3,459 yards. yards per carry, 33 touchdowns, uh, 53 uh, receptions, 479 yards through the air, nine yards per uh, catch, and three touchdowns through the air. Um, So you'd like to see Chuba improve his pass catching a little bit, um, but Chuba is another one that I would like to see um, selfishly in Atlanta. Um, He'd be another one that would be great in Seattle. Um, The Dolphins would be another good spot for him late. Um, someplace where he's going to have an opportunity to shine, uh, but not necessarily have huge expectations.
0: Uh, with Chuba Hubbard, I see him as a guy that's probably going to go in the third or fourth round, maybe even later. And, I mean, it's gonna, it's, it's, if he goes to a team that gives him a chance, he's definitely going to be or have that opportunity to show out. Um, so, I mean, I think Chuba Hubbard has a very good opportunity uh, to make it as an NFL starter, but he may be one of those guys that you've got to sit on and wait. You draft him, you may not be able to instantly start him. But he's definitely a guy worth a draft pick in your in your rookie drafts or or even late in your redraft leagues. To where um, you just may have to sit on him and wait because if he ends up taking over backfield, it could be a great thing for him.
1: Yeah. Um, so I actually have Chuba at seven. Uh, you had Trey Sermon at seven. I have Sermon at eight. His who did you who did you have at eight? At eight, I had Chuba. Okay. So we're 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 kind of neck and neck there. At number nine, um, one of my favorite players in this draft class again. Um, I am a Mizzou uh, faithful. Um, so I have Larry Roundtree at my at my number nine. Um, Larry Roundtree is a five foot 10, 210 pound senior from Mizzou, um, 746 carries, 3,720 yards um, on the ground, five yards of carry, 40 touchdowns, um, 47 receptions, 289 yards, 6.1 yards per reception and zero touchdowns. Um, Larry Roundtree is impressive to me. Again, as a Mizzou fan, uh, Mizzou plays in the SEC, where really um, they're by far one of the worst teams in the SEC. Um, so he's scoring touchdowns on Georgia, Alabama teams that we don't have any business, or Mizzou doesn't have any business playing. They don't have the the you know premier offensive linemen like everybody else does. And uh, this year, especially, in Mizzou transitioned to a redshirt freshman quarterback. And uh, Larry Roundtree had to be the focal point of the offense, and he looked really good doing so. Larry Roundtree is going to be, in my opinion, could be a steal of the draft for a fantasy owner or a um, NFL team that is able to get him. I think he's a fifth or sixth-round draft pick, um, more than less likely, and uh, he's going to end up being a a, a good fit someplace. Again, selfishly, I'd like to see him in Atlanta. It's weird that I have Atlanta and Seattle linked to a lot of these guys because Atlanta and Seattle have terrible running backs at this point. Yeah. Um, um, and I'll take anything
0: over Todd Whitley. Mm, really, so yeah, I'll take anything over uh, Richard Penny, who can't. Well, you play. got Leonard
1: Fournette, so you got that, buddy.
0: Yay! Um, yeah, I have Larry Roundtree at the number at my number ten spot. Um, I definitely think he's a guy that could come in. Once again, another guy that you may have to sit on for a little bit, um, but could instantly take over. He's the way I see him is he, he watching just a little bit of film on him, and he just he runs like Chris Carson, where he just runs hard every time he gets that ball and and he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He always – he makes people miss. He has no problem running into contact. Um, so, yeah, I think Larry Roundtree, as long as he keeps working like, you know, his film shows where he's always, you know, full full go, I don't see a reason that his team – that he's not on an NFL roster with a number two spot or even possibly a number one spot. Uh, my number nine, which I don't know if you even have in your top 12, is Ramet stevenson out of oklahoma rahmed stevenson rahmed stevenson ramond ramond yeah okay uh out of oklahoma he's five foot eleven he's 227 pounds 23 years old he's a big big back he and he runs he runs like a big back he's strong and he has good hands for his size he had zero receiving touchdowns which in his career which is you know kind of offsetting but he had 28 receptions for 298 yards he ran 165 times um this is all in division one um this is in Division One because he came from uh, community college or, yeah, junior college prior to transferring to Oklahoma. But he was able to get on, and uh, he, he was able to go to Oklahoma and ran Trey Sermon out of there. So, I mean, he had 165 total rushes, 18 or 1,180 yards, and 13 touchdowns. Um, so, I mean, he's just, like I said, he's just a big back. He had a limited amount of um, exposure this year with Oklahoma missing some games and everything. But, yeah, I got him at number nine. I think he fits in. Um, I don't, I'm not going to say it. He just, he runs big like Derrick Henry does. So I think he'll definitely be a, uh, a guy that's tough to bring down. I think he's going to be more of a goal line back coming into the NFL.
1: Yeah, I actually have him ranked at number 12. So, uh, I'm not nearly as high on Ramon, Ramon De, Dre Stevenson as you are. Um, but I, I can see the potential. I can see definitely with the size, you get a guy like that in the right scheme. It could be a great fit. Um, at number 11, I have, uh, or at number 10, excuse me, I have Demetric Felton, the 5'10", 200-pound senior from UCLA. Uh, 233 rushes, 1,101 yards, 4.7 yards per carry, seven touchdowns. Um, But the reason I like him a lot is because he had 99 receptions, 958 yards for 9.7 yards per and eight touchdowns. Definitely going to be a PPR monster um, in the NFL if he goes to a a team that will use him as such. Um, you know the the uh, a great fit for him would be the Bucks. He could go in and be um, the new James White to Tom Brady's offense. Um, Green Bay could be looking to add him. You know they lost Jamal Williams, who was their pass catching back, um, and it wouldn't surprise me to see the the Packers trade up and take him in the first round because um, they like to do moves like that. You know, um, but yeah, I, I I just think a Demetric Demetric Felton. Um, could be a guy that comes in. He's going to see a lot of special teams action early in the NFL, I would assume. Um, probably going to be a guy that if you have taxi spots in your league, he's going to sit there all year um, and get minimal uh, opportunities. Um, but he's a guy that if you have the roster capability and you're not needing an instant impact, he could be a great player to sit on your bench.
0: He's a guy that came in. He, he played running back there at UCLA, but also when they got to the senior bowl, he they transferred him over to wideout and let him run some from the slot and he actually impressed a lot of coaches there at the Senior Bowl. So I mean yeah he's one guy that you may see he may get drafted as a running back he may get drafted as a wide receiver. He's a guy that can slide into the slot definitely a PPR a PPR monster if he gets the opportunity to be one. But yeah I mean that's another guy. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars might be a decent little place for him there um, where they only have um, where they got Chark and. Chennault really it yeah. was wide receivers they got robinson now they added carlos Hyde. they really don't have that ppr guy that you can put out in the in the in the slot i mean yeah robinson did have a good good games but i i could definitely see them going after a guy like felton there yeah fulton sorry yeah um so that was your number 11 my number 11 is elijah mitchell out of uh University of Louisiana Lafayette. He's 5'11", 215 pounds. He's 23 years old. And he was part of a three-headed monster there at University of Louisiana Lafayette. Three different running backs, and he still was able to put in this much work. He had 526 total attempts for 3,259 yards, 41 touchdowns. He had 49 catches for 597 yards, five receiving touchdowns. And and that this was in 2019-2020. Both season. it was part of a three-headed monster there at um, – uh, Louisiana Lafayette now in 2018 where he was you know that lead back and everything um, he had 146 attempts 985 yards and 16 total touchdowns so I mean it shows that he does have the workhorse workhorse capability so I mean he once again is another guy that you may just have to sit on and wait um, a lot of these guys later on is in your redraft leagues you may just want to put on your little watch list and see if they get the opportunity but they're not guys that I'm going straight out drafting in a redraft league
1: yeah you know um I think in, in Dynasty's perspective, which we seem to talk about quite a lot on this show, um, due to the fact that we are in a Dynasty, it kind of this is the time of, the time of the year where you have to make or break your team in Dynasty. Um, these running backs are really important in Dynasty. Young running backs make all the difference. There's a lot of wide receivers drafted every year, um, and there's a lot more opportunity for wide receivers to shine in the NFL. A lot of teams get three, four wide receivers involved, whereas a lot of teams only get maybe one or two running backs so getting a good running back is, is always important. That's why, um, for me, I'd rather fill my taxi with running backs that I can say, you know, I got four running backs in my taxi, maybe one of them hits, I can drop the other
0: three, there'll be plenty of wideouts to pick up later. Um, Breaking news right now, the Chicago Bears have signed Andy Dalton uh, to, be, to a one-year $10 million contract. So I guess the Bears maybe have some quarterback competition coming up next year.
1: Yeah, he'll be a, a trade chip. He'll be starting in Seattle after they trade for Russell Wilson.
0: Well, um, I mean, we do like to trade for everyone that has one year left.
1: My my number 11 running back is Rakeem Boyd. Um, if you're familiar with that name, you possibly may have watched the, the Netflix documentary, Last Chance U. Um, he was the star for the Independence you know, or Independence College uh, there um, with um, – oh, what was that coach's name? Well, nonetheless, Raheem Rakeem Boyd – um, was was filmed on that show transferred to Arkansas uh, he's a six foot 206 pound uh, senior 389 attempts 2176 rushes or yards 5.6 yards per carry 13 touchdowns another 52 receptions 358 yards 6.9 yards per reception um, Rakeem Boyd is another guy again who was probably one of the best players on a lowly Arkansas team. Um, that may be one of the only teams worse in the SEC than Mizzou. Um, you know, uh, Raheem Boyd is a guy um, that gets drafted in the right spot. I'm going to be very high on. Um, and how cool is it to see a guy from the last chance you get drafted or get drafted to the NFL and possibly have a chance to uh, to play? So um, uh, Raheem Boyd is is the last. Uh, guy on my board that I'd really try to draft if I it, w- it was in the right possibility. Again, I do have Ramondre, St- Ramondre Stevenson and one other name outside of the top 10, 11 guys that I'd really be keeping my eye
0: on. My number 12 back is uh, Chris Evans out of Michigan. He's 5'11", 219 pounds, 23 years old. He had 320 total carries in his career, he, uh, 1,795 yards, 15 touchdowns. 49 catches for 479 yards and two touchdowns. He's just a quick and shifty runner. He could be a late sleeper in a lot of drafts. Um, But he missed the 2019 season due to uh, academic issues. So a lot of people don't know who he is or anything else. But uh, in, in 2017, when he showed the chance to you know, really take over backfield, he, was, he had 135 attempts, 685 yards, and seven touchdowns. So, I mean, he's just a guy that's out there. He, probably, he may be go undrafted. He may be a seventh-round draft pick, just a guy that's going to be sitting there playing as a special team. But he, he, has, he has the capability of being a number three back and maybe working his way up the, the roster board. And I think one of the last names we both have written down here isn't really in our top 12. Is J- Hawkins, Javion Hawkins? Javion Hawkins, and that's from Louisville. Uh, yeah, I mean he's he's five foot nine, one hundred ninety six pounds, and he's twenty one years old, so he's a young back. Uh, what do you you got? A, uh, he's, he's undersized right now. He really needs to fill out that frame.
1: Yeah. So Javion Hawkins is again is another another name that that comes from uh, a school that doesn't typically turn out a lot of a lot of plural caliber running backs. Um, He's going to be a guy that comes in as as a gadget guy. Um, I I think he's going to end up someplace that's going to be – he's going to be a special teams punt returner possibly, very shifty, very quick.
0: Very explosive, um, yes.
1: Very explosive, but not necessarily somebody that – for me that I'm going to keep my eye on, uh, not somebody that I'm necessarily going to uh, try to draft or acquire. Um, In the draft, maybe after um, the the, uh, rookie draft is over, he'd be a guy that I'd be looking to pick up afterwards possibly – um, but but really, I, I I'm not I'm not sold on him as a as a pro.
0: So out of, out of out of these twelve, thirteen, fourteen running backs we just discussed, how many of these guys do you think are actually going to get drafted into the NFL draft and not go undrafted? You know, I,
1: I I'd, I'd be willing to bet there's several names that we don't have listed that's going to be drafted. I, I'd bet there's probably a good fifteen, eighteen, twenty guys that'll end up drafted. Okay. Um, there there typically is uh, how many of them will be in, drafted and, and on opening day rosters. I'm not sure um, how many of them will be drafted and have impact in the NFL. I'm not sure, um, but I, I would be willing to bet that there'll be 15 or more drafted. Okay. Um, let, let me hit you back with a question here, Walker. Um, which Which one of these running backs do you think is going to have the biggest initial early success?
0: I go with Najah Harris, my number one. But I just feel like he's going to be the first one off the board. He's going to be the first one drafted. He's going to be an instant starter wherever he goes. And I mean, if, if he, as long as he doesn't go into a backfield with like a Derrick Henry, where he's got to share everything or never sees the the uh, playing field, I just think Najee Harris is going to come out and it should be the first one out the gate to have an immediate impact. And just the way he runs and the way he plays, I think that that he'll have the best season out of all these running backs coming into year one.
1: Yeah. Um, I- I think year one it's going to be really tight between Najee and Etienne. I really do. I think it's going to be very, very tight. Uh, I think Etienne will come in and get more passing work than he does or than he will on the ground early, um, whereas Najee's going to – Najee's probably got higher touchdown upside early in the NFL than Etienne does um, as far as goal line work and things of that nature. I think Etienne's going to have a better career fantasy-wise. Um, I just I, – I think with his size, he's got more staying power in the NFL than – than Najee does. I mean, I, and Derek Henry's proven me wrong. Cause I want to say, look at Derek Henry. Everybody's been saying he's going to decline for the last several years and he doesn't, but eventually guys that big do start to wear down. Um, you know, and, and I, I just think ETN's going to have a little bit longer of a shelf life than Najee. Um, again, it really depends on, on, on where these guys get drafted as to whether or not it's going to be Najee that has the best early success or ETN or Javante Williams. Um, you know, here, here's one thing I want to talk about, Walker, and I'd like to start doing this on, on as many episodes as we can when we break down these rookies. If you're in a position in a, in a dynasty league where you're sitting and um, you, you need a running back, that's one of your big weaknesses. But for whatever reason, you're either in the back half of the draft or you you traded away first round picks. What what can you trade up to, to draft one of these running backs. I mean, let, let's let's be honest with ourselves. Last week we said Trevor uh, Lawrence would be the 101 in most drafts, In a super flex he would be in a, in a normal uh, one-quarterback league. Najee is probably the 101. Um, Etienne probably a 102, 103, whether you value Chase or him more. Um, and then Williams is probably a top five, top six guy. So to get yourself into the top six, what do you have to do? Uh, in order to get one of these guys, I mean,
0: really, to get yourself in the top six, and in, in, in my opinion, is you got to unload. You got to be willing to probably part ways with one of your sa- If you're if you don't have a first round pick, we'll just say you don't have a first round pick, and you're you're sitting with the, we'll say the two o two o four two o five two o six. You're probably gonna have to give up at least that second round pick, and you're probably looking at a, a wide receiver too with that second-round pick just to even move back into the first. So you may be looking at a wide receiver one and a second-round pick to even move up into the top five, top six picks. I just think the top six picks in this draft, because I'm going with Trevor Lawrence probably being the six overall in a, in a single QB league rookie draft, I think that those top six are the most valuable picks in this draft, seven through through uh 10 or 12 or, or about average there you're going to get about the same value out of whatever player you get but those top six picks are just phenomenal there with the players
1: you know you know for me i have the number two overall pick in our in our rookie draft uh for, through the way of trade and I, i'm looking at running back there so for me to give up the number two i would need a, a an established running back coming back and probably an additional pick to that whether it be a first round pick next year or or a second this year or a, a high value second um you know i i i just value you know at that the two i'm guaranteed either an etn or aj um i'm i'm you know i'm guaranteed to, to field offers there um uh, but i for me in order to move it i'm i'm going to have to get something that blows my socks off right um you know I I do think that there's there's several there's several value running backs on this list. Kenneth Gainwell, Kylan Hill, Michael Carter, Trey Sermon that you can get much later in the draft that are still going to have some value. But if you need a day one start, you got to move up to get one of these top three. Um, if you're if you're if you're sitting in my spot where you have the two, and somebody makes you an offer, like I said, if, if for my team where my team sits. I don't have a lot of running back depth, so I need to get a running back. So it'd be hard for me to turn down if somebody came up and gave me a running back that I knew was going to be a starter on that team and, and a, a late, like a nine overall or a 201 um, pick. It would be hard for me not to at least entertain it, whether I'd accept it or not, I don't know. Um, but
0: I was looking at it from my standpoint where I'm at the 105. And I'm sitting there, and I, I, I don't have receiver depth, but I do have running back depth. So I would need a, a, a top-tier ten, a top tier wide receiver, probably a young wide receiver that's established, and, and probably another second, uh, early second, late first-round draft pick also well, to move up. I,
1: I know you uh, in our Dynasty League, for example, I can speak on this. I sit with you five days a week. Um, I, I know you've been in discussion. You've thought about moving the number five overall for T. Higgins, for example. Um, so – it doesn't necessarily have to be an established guy necessarily, um, but you do have Joe Burrow on your team, so you're getting you'd be getting that stack. Um, so again, it, it's it's hard to say and pinpoint and nail it down, um, but especially in a rookie draft, we we talked about a couple episodes ago about when and and to and when not to make moves, guys. If you're trading away your first round picks, you're gonna overpay if you trade away a first round pick to get talent to, to try to contend during the season. It's going to be harder to get that first rounder back after the season when these when these names start getting floated and people start looking at, at addressing needs. You're going to have to overpay for what that pick's worth. Um, well, one last thing I want to hit on here before before we end the episode. Um, let's let's do it with at least the top three. Um, where where do you see Najee Harrison in, in a redraft league? Um, bear in mind, we talked about. Um, Again, in that episode, two episodes ago, where people fell too much in love with Clyde Edwards-Helaire being the first back off the board, and and he ended up not being the top running back. So, with that being said, are you drafting Najee Harris in the first round of a redraft? Where are you where are you like Najee? Let's
0: at? just say we got uh, a lot of uh, mock drafts that we've we've looked at have Miami taking Najee Harris there with their back half uh, first round pick. So it, we'll just say he's over there in Miami. I'm looking at him. He's, he's, he's going to be contending with uh, Miles Gaskin and uh, Ahmed, who's um, going to uh, already know the system, already be prepared there. Um, but Najee will, uh, once again, above, probably take over that backfield. I'll probably draft him in the fifth, sixth round. I'm going to wait, try to get him as a running back three. Do I think he makes it that far? Probably not. But I, I have a very bad – uh, tendency of not overvaluing these rookies like a lot of people do, and and, and it has hurt me a lot in the past. Um, but yeah, I would probably I'm probably looking at them out of the early fifth, maybe late fourth round, just as my running back three to add a little depth. Yeah, I, if I'm if I'm looking at
1: Najee, Najee and Etienne are kind of one and the same to me. I'm looking at those guys into third round when you're when your big big five ten running backs are already off the board. Uh, you've had, started having some running uh, wide receivers come off as well. Uh, the potential values there is too high for me. Um, in a dynasty, in a dynasty startup, um, they're going to be higher than that Absolutely. for me. They're going to be late first, early second rounders um, behind some of the cream of the crop from last year's rookie class, the Saquon Barkley's and CMCs as well. Um, but um, Javante Williams is a guy that I think. Depending again, it depends on where he's where he's fit, where he falls in in the draft. But Javante Williams, for me, could be a guy that gets drafted. uh, You know, say he does go to Atlanta and he's the starting running back in Atlanta, the best best back on the on the team, if 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 you will. Um, I'm looking sixth round, um, just because his in his redraft because his pedigree is not that of a Najee. It's not that of an ETN, and the I I know the offensive line is suspect in Atlanta. Uh, In a a dynasty startup, Javante Williams goes to Atlanta. I'm I'm looking third fourth round, Um, but. Um, this is a very good don't sleep on this class. If you don't get one of the top three, don't sleep on it and say, Well, I'm not drafting one, because there's gonna be one or two hidden gems in this class that are gonna get some some run and gonna be uh, fancy fancy I mean, impactful.
0: Prime example, James Robinson, undrafted, came out of nowhere, and
1: finishes a top 10 running finishes back,
0: finishes a top 10 running back. If you would have drafted your rookies late, right before the season, knowing that he was the only thing there, everybody else was dealing with COVID. James Robinson would have been like a third or fourth round back in the in a rookie yeah, in a rookie draft, and you ended up with the top ten back. Some of these guys you just can't sleep on. Uh, Jonathan Taylor took a little bit to get his uh, his wheels underneath them, but once he did, he definitely was a top ten back. Um, I think he finished inside the top ten, top twelve at least. I think he was number mm-hmm. six. Okay, um, but yeah, I mean the the running backs just because they don't produce year one in your dynasties or even in your keepers just because they don't produce year one. Don't sleep on him. Make sure you're paying attention to him. Cam Akers, another one, didn't really start to get, get going until the other backs had to fall in front of him, and he had to get back from that uh, small stinging injury he had. But once he did, he, he showed he was the best back there. Uh, so, I mean, a lot of these guys you just can't sleep on and you just can't just send them off to the wayside because you don't get a top three back. Uh, some of these guys are going to come in. Uh, you got your uh, Michael Carters, your uh, Hill, your Sermon, that might go in and then end up taking over the starting role. You never know. Um yeah, um
1: that there's it, there's definitely going to be a lot of moving pieces and stuff to watch. We'll have more clarity on this after the draft takes place and we will hit these 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 rookies again. Next week we're going to dive through the the wide receivers, probably get 20 of them in next week. Um uh one couple closing thoughts I want to hit on here. Well, really just one. I want everybody to remember that uh, Hunter Henry is a New England Patriot and Shaquille Griffin is a Jacksonville Jaguar. Oh uh, my god. I like to twist that knife in Walker's gut. Um, But as always, stay hungry,
0: stay fat, my friends.